0: Hey troops, it's Aaron here. Hope all's well and you're staying safe and healthy. The episode you're about to hear was recorded back in November 2018, so don't be alarmed by the lack of social distancing. We've got some great new episodes in the works. In the meantime, enjoy this classic. Alex Brooklyn has just found a parking spot.
1: Can I fit in there?
0: I, I I think so. Do you want me to get out and like... I
1: mean, I don't know if I can fit I in could, there. I could,
0: live, I could move that Vespa.
2: <laughs> Aaron, what, what are we listening to?
0: So I met with... Alex Brooklyn—that that's her real name. She's from Manhattan, not Brooklyn.
2: Okay. Um,
0: Alex Brooklyn. She's the producer of FAQ NYC, which is uh, an awesome podcast about local New York City politics. Alex owns a 1987 Cadillac DeVille, and that's me and her trying to find a parking spot for it in Greenwich Village the day after Halloween.
1: <laughs> I don't think so. I think I'm too long.
0: Oh, I kind of want to do it. Yeah. Can I try to park it? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. You won't be insulted. No. God,
1: I didn't even learn to drive till I was like twenty-two. My God,
0: I'm from I'm from Ohio, so it's like we couldn't even like we had like no freedom without driving.
1: If somebody gave me a car when I was a teenager, I would be dead.
3: So, Aaron, you tried to park this, yeah. like, 300-foot-long yeah. tank.
0: I really wanted to do it. Wow. I didn't want to, like, mansplain her parking, you know, and yeah. be, like, that guy. No, it well, sounds like
2: okay. she was pretty That's willing good. to let if you she, do she, it. No, she, she said she was okay with she it. She was very okay with yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah <laughs>
3: Mansplaining yeah. parking. <laughs> yeah. Man parking, man parallel. Yeah. Don't, don't that do called? that
2: to me, because I once <laughs> I once parallel parked a 14-foot moving truck on Steinway Street in Astoria after driving for 10 hours, and I parked it on the first I go. I would never even
3: ask. I would never even ask. Yeah, okay,
2: thank to Thank like you. you. You park know you know.
3: I,
0: I would
2: just abandon a car like that in the middle of the street. I would just say
0: no. But it was it just it was it just seemed like such a it seemed like we had we had the spot. It was doable, and I and there was a Vespa, a little scooter parked in front that you could easily knock over with yeah. this, this thing. So it was just it was a real challenge. So you just plowed over it. Yeah, no, I want uh, it, no no. For, right, no, you, I you got took you, it. I you got put got it in you. the trunk of the car, and then you park. real point <laughs> okay. of pride for me, parallel parking. Okay. Yep. Oh, it's enormous. It's a landboat.
1: I, it might just fit here but it's like so crazy it's gonna be so tight it'll be that inching in business i don't know if this will fit oh, I got it. oh wow you got it in oh, got it. oh
3: yes
0: nice work it took two tries i had to come i had to totally it's do not it twice. so bad it took about 10 minutes can you pop open your door so i can see how far off the curb
2: that's not bad. That's
0: like respectable.
2: All right. That, that is impressive. I'll give you that. Thank you.
0: 87 (laughs) Cadillac DeVille parked. I I was actually just meeting with Alex about a whole other thing. I I just really like her podcast producing. And so I I called her to meet about podcast business and she was like, um, okay, I'm available Thursday morning, 9am. Meet me on the corner of Morton and Bedford in the village. And I was like, just like out on the street, you don't want to like meet in a locate, like a right. coffee so, shop or right, something yeah. Like Right. Yeah. in a place. And um, she was like, no, it's alternate side parking. I got to move my Cadillac. All
3: right, so we, we should explain. This is also a very parochial New York thing. In New York, if you own a car and you park it on the street, once a week, twice a week in some places, you have to move your car so the street can be cleaned. And this is a little ritual that a lot of uh, car owning New Yorkers go through every week. They just move their car, from one side of the street to the other or to a different street where the rules are different.
2: Or they double park and wait. and wait for the street cleaning to be done, which takes about two hours.
0: Right. And so there's an enormous amount of traffic congestion that is literally just people moving their cars for street cleaning.
3: And in the ideal situation, you'd think that the night before you'd go find a legal spot. But more likely what happens with a lot of people is like what happens with Alex, is they just sit in their car, move it, wait for the street cleaner to come through, and then move it back
0: there's not a lot of parking spots right. some of the Village.
3: smallest streets in, <laughs> in all of the five boroughs yeah
0: so this took some time we find this great spot after all that alex is like hmm I, I should actually check the new york city parking calendar to see if alternate side parking is even happening today
2: oh my god then she checks
1: it
0: yeah so okay here we go
1: i'm gonna just look it up and make sure okay Yes, it is suspended today.
0: Why, is it like an obscure Jewish holiday or just post-Halloween?
1: No, it's an obscure Catholic holiday. What? (laughs) All Saints Day.
0: What the fuck is All Saints Day?
1: (laughs) You know, Catholic shit. (laughs) I don't know. Catholics, so, thank God. Thank God for the urban coalition and the holidays. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> I <love> it because <laughs> yeah. It's true. There are
2: the obscure Catholic holidays. There are the obscure uh, Jewish holidays. There's all the you lunar got, holidays. There's the lunar yeah. holidays. It's a, it's an all-priced, you like, Muslim you know, holidays. it's a very inclusive uh, parking calendar.
0: All right, here we go. This is The War on Cars. I'm Aaron Knapperstack, and I'm joined by Sarah Goodyear and Doug Gordon.
2: Good morning. Hello.
0: Today, we take you behind enemy lines with Alex Brooke Lynn and her 1987 Cadillac DeVille, and we will try to convince Alex to quit her car.
3: All right, so quit your car is a new segment we're working on for the podcast. Sarah, you want to tell us what this is about?
2: Yeah, we're going to we're gonna talk to people who own cars in the city and we're going to say, you know, is there any way you would consider giving up your car? Because it really, you ought not to own a car in the city. So
0: this is sort of like the diplomatic initiative. Of yeah, the we're, we're extending
3: kind of olive branches to car owners, not just in this city, but really anywhere and finding right. out like what, what drives people to own a car? Could they get rid of it? Could right. they think of their lives a different way without one
2: right why why do you do this to yourself yeah. why do you have a car and can if you could quit it you know just think how much better you might and also feel. This,
0: this totally justifies our you know later use of force because we really tried <laughs> diplomacy we tried to talk this out all right no? so,
2: so how'd it go with alex okay. how, how did the diplomacy <laughs> go with her
0: well that's that's what we're going to hear about this show
3: okay but first We want to talk about money. We want to say thank you to everybody who has supported us on Patreon so far. We still would love more support. We have some amazing rewards like stickers and T-shirts for our supporters. Go to thewaroncars.org. Click donate. Throw a few bucks our way. And thank you, as always, to the Law Office of Vaccaro and White for their generosity. They are our top Patreon sponsor.
0: Feel free to knock them off. Yeah. Any other other law offices that want to get rid of Vaccaro and White? Sorry, Steve. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Um, Okay, so I'm kind of ashamed to admit that I loved Alex's Cadillac.
2: You know, I, I was kind of picking up
3: on that <laughs> you <were getting laughs> yeah that. you were really I this was that. like you were this was like you went out hunting and you bagged the big one you really
0: I mean, were happy was, about this it
2: sounds like it was pretty sexy actually yeah, yeah. It, well it was kind of sexy you know
0: Power. Power. <laughs> i mean, you got you got that you got the, 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 the
2: velvet the, the yeah the, mm-hmm. the
0: tension of squeezing squeezing the big object into the tight parking spot <laughs> exactly. hey, this is right. on that? we
2: get in trouble
3: for swearing is a Watch, is yeah, a yeah, be careful. it's a family show it's a family war on
2: cars we'll mark this one up as explicit explicit yeah all right, so, so I mean, it, it, I
1: want to know more about the car. It, you know, how hot is this car?
2: All
0: right, well, so let's, let's let Alex describe it for us.
1: Uh, my Cadillac is a white Cadillac, and with, like, gold little, like, the little hood ornament is gold, and the little Cadillac, word Cadillac used to be gold, and the entire inside is maroon maroon velvet and maroon vinyl on the dash.
0: So yeah, it's got the like the vinyl hard top, the little Cadillac medallions. Aaron, it's Aaron. like you're in a time machine. So everything is soft in there. The, um, you know
3: it's like you're it's in your driving, it's, it's like, like a, I'm in my grandmother's living room I was gonna it's like you met a woman and you really you're yeah it, like, this is getting I mean, a little inappropriate does your wife know about yeah this? it's just it's just
0: intellectual my interest okay. so the dashboard controls are kind of like a museum of pre-digital design so it's got that kind of everything's got that radio shack 1980s computer font wow. like before anyone actually oh, knew yeah. what computers were yeah and like here's what computers are going to be like <laughs> Um, you know, oh, this it, is sad. it's got the tape deck with <laughs> auto reverse symphony sound. A panel oh. on the dash called the "quote unquote" information center. You know, I love and,
2: it. and what kind of information <laughs> does what? one get? Well, from here, the here, let Alex center. explain. Okay. It.
0: It's got the let her explain the fuel data center. The okay. fuel
2: data center.
1: The fuel data center is hilarious it has it says this is how many gallons you have left and it'll say 14 or 11 or 12 however once you go down to 3 you absolutely have to fill it with gas because it no know- then it won't tell you below 3 and i ran out of gas on west 4th street <laughs> I was just in the middle of the street and I was like, oh, I think my car just broke. <laughs> so the fuel <laughs> data
0: center doesn't actually tell you when you're like approaching empty. That's
3: amazing.
1: Yeah. I, That's... I, the thing is, this sounds like
3: a, okay, you love this, but this sounds like a total pain in the ass to me. Why does she own this behemoth, this gas guzzling monster and, and park it on the street?
0: Yeah, this is the, this is sort of the mystifying. I think this is the core question. So, all right, we talked about that. How do you end up being someone who lives in Greenwich Village with a 30 year old, Cadillac that you park on the street.
1: I guess it starts where everything starts for people who are entering their mid 30s. So it starts with a separation and a divorce. Mm. And then it was and then the realization you can do whatever the fuck you want now. Like you don't have to think for two, you don't have to plan for two vacations it's not about like okay where are we gonna stay it's like you or or money you don't have to plan anymore you can spend your money on whatever you want and you're like all right well what what do i want and then the thought occurs to you that you want to be like some sort of old-timey new york character a also an MMA fighter. <laughs> okay, now, I, now the MMA fighter yeah, part, I,
2: I'm totally into. Like that's 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 good. okay. I, I, I
3: think that's all right. A lot of people are into MMA. I, yeah, yeah, totally. But
0: don't you love it? It's like it's like of course. Like you have a divorce and you need you want to get a Cadillac. It's yeah, funny. I when like, I got yeah.
2: divorced in my early 30s, I, I actually ditched. I gave him the car. I was like, you take this piece of metal and haul it around for the rest of your life. Um, but so I guess everyone do each her own. But um, yeah, like, like, it's just an interesting, so it's like a, it's a persona?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like, it, what you really, you really get the sense that the Cadillac is much more of an aesthetic choice than a transportation choice.
3: I was going to say, when we proposed Quit Your Car, I thought this was going to be like a, a mom says I have to drive my kids to uh, daycare and soccer practice, and I got to pick up groceries, and then I got to get to work, right. and no, this is like, this we're doing therapy on a person here right now this well, is really different than i expected
2: and i mean i think it it's it's it cuts to the core of why people one of the reasons that people have cars is that it it becomes part of their identity right and and that that it it's not just about you know i need this to perform this task but it is instead it's also something that's like signifying to the world what your values are what you're what who you are deep inside
0: yeah and that i feel like that doesn't come up enough in this sort of transportation wonk policy community that you know we're all about like measuring you know commute times and vehicle miles traveled Mm -hmm. and whatever other data collection that you know bruce schaller will do no one ever just figures out like how many people are owning cars because it's essentially a fashion accessory or part of their identity or something that makes them feel Feel good,
3: So I can kind of get my head around you enter your mid thirties, you go through this divorce and you kind of want to reinvent yourself or just do whatever the hell you want. But you can do that in so many ways. You can get a tattoo. You could shave your head. You could buy a leather jacket. You could move to another city. Like, why did she choose to take on this thing that involves having to move it twice a week? Sounds like a pain in the ass.
0: Right. So alternate side parking. Why? Why would she do that? Why would
3: she deal with that every
0: week? Very good question. And she has an answer.
1: Alternate side parking, I find, is like this beautiful respite. I have an hour and a half where my one responsibility is to sit in like this car and like read. I read or I draw or I do things that I or I talk on the phone, but I try not to. It's it's a pleasure I sometimes will take on so many projects that I'll give myself no free time, except for when I get to sit in the Cadillac twice a week for an hour and a half.
0: So in a way, like having a big car with an amazing interior, that's kind of, that's almost the point.
1: It's the point. I just like to sit in it. I don't even like driving that much. I certainly don't like driving long distances. I get really bored. It's all it's almost like a it's like a weirdly an, it's like an antidepressant. You get in your car with your plush interior, you turn on the radio, and you just feel A at home and B just like you're moving. That
3: is amazing. They feel um, like you're moving even though you're sitting still. It's like she's just floating there in suspended
2: animation feeling calm and at peace. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, you know, what's weird is that she is not alone in this. I, I was, there's a recent study that just came out that Ikea funded, which is kind of strange, but it found that almost half of Americans, 45% of Americans go to their car for a private moment mm. because they don't feel comfortable having a private moment at home. I guess, I, you know, it's second to people going to the bedroom or the bathroom for a private moment, but third on the list is their car. Mm. And That's amazing. it's weird. And it is like you're moving, you're in public space because you're in a car, which is out in the world, but you're also in this private space.
0: Yeah, you're like annexing a bubble of private space in the middle of Greenwich Village. I mean, in Alex's case, it's actually, if you think about it, it's sort of a rational decision in that, you know, Greenwich Village, it's probably the most expensive housing in North America. It's like right up there. It's yeah. one of the most expensive neighborhoods yeah. you could live in. And All you have to do to get a beautiful, plush living room for yourself is buy a cheap Cadillac from some retiree in Connecticut, as Alex did, and park it on the street for free. And now you have an incredible private living room right out in front of your apartment because we basically give away the street for free. And so
3: long as you're cool with moving it once or twice a week, with exceptions for Jewish holidays, All Saints Day, (laughs) that is like, yeah, totally fine. I can understand that. There's a rationality to it. And interestingly, too, I think to broaden this out to the suburbs and that IKEA study, right, like suburbs lack what you would call the third space. You go to your office, you go home, and it's really hard to just stop into a bar or a mm-hmm. cafe and have a place that's not one of those spaces. So, yeah, you, you are in a busy household with kids running around or, you know, the TV's blaring, and you just want a moment to yourself, and someone's in the bathroom, so instead you go out to your garage, you get in your car, and you sit there for a few minutes. And it, it's sad, but it makes sense.
2: Yeah, and actually I, there's an ad that I saw last year where, where the— wife keeps wanting to go out and get another thing for the thanksgiving table i think um and and (laughs) it's and the whole point of it is just that she'll get to drive back and forth in this great car and it's like oh whoops we need oh we need a pie we need and you know ha 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 the thing is you really just would rather be driving around in your car than actually in your home with your with your family which uh, you know the problem is that that Doing that with your car has a very different effect on society than doing it by sitting on a stoop or going to a bar or going to a coffee shop. Like, doing that in your car is is a detriment to the common space that everyone is sharing. Well, yeah. So how does does she justify that in some way? Because she's making a choice. She's taking public space from other
3: people. She's got this thing that gets, you know, six miles to the gallon and it's terrible for the environment. Like, how does she rationalize that part of it?
0: Yeah, so th- so that's that's really interesting. I mean, this is this is quit your car. So I I confronted Alex a little bit on that and said, you know, it's like, does she realize like that her gigantic gas guzzling Cadillac imposes like a number of costs on the city and her neighbors and the planet? And she she had a pretty interesting response to that. So you know, I do this podcast called The War on Cars. So we're technically at war with your Cadillac. Oh.
1: <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know how anybody could be at war with such a, such a pretty thing. I mean, obviously, it takes too much gas. It's completely fucked for the environment. But, I I feel like it's okay because I don't really drive it. I more sit in it.
0: So she's not, you know, she's not entirely blind to the sort of macro, you know, externalities and costs of the Cadillac.
2: Yeah, except she doesn't see what the Cadillac does just by sitting there on the street and taking up space. And and I mean, it does, she does drive it. She's driving it around looking for a parking space. And also her taking this spot for this mobile living
3: room is taking a spot from someone else who might need it for a higher and better purpose that we might be able to justify. Right, so like a loading
2: two, zone or a... You or know, a handicapped person who yeah. needs
3: to access to the curb. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. it's it's this weird, like... You know, she doesn't mean it this way, but she's kind of a living embodiment of the tragedy of the commons that like, right. oh, I'm just doing this little thing to satisfy my little corner of the universe. But, you know, multiplied by millions of people making that choice, it really adds up.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, I did sort of present I sort of presented her with a kind of war on cars vision of the city. I was like, look, like if, if you know, once the war on cars is won, you know, lower Manhattan is going to be mostly free of personal cars and this spot we're sitting in. This could be like a two way bike lane or a really nice dedicated bus lane and you know what what would it take to like get you on board with that vision and and get you to give up
3: this car so what, what did she say all right
1: i would give up my car if the city was like all right you know what no more personal vehicles only taxis and commercial traffic and bikes from now on in the city which i think would be a good idea i would just go park it at my dad's i would give it up pretty easily if like it was really important that i gave it up
2: Wow, that's that's really interesting. If it was really important, yeah. so so it's like it's almost like she wants somebody to tell her. She needs somebody to tell her in some in some really tangible way that it is really important. Yeah, because and,
3: she seems to know that it's important. That's the thing. She right, knows she, that it's important to give it up.
0: She does. And it was when we drilled into it, I was like, "Well, what would be important to you?" And she actually the thing, the first thing she cited was, "Well, if the insurance got really expensive." So it was cost cost. Mm-hmm. It was cost. Like if this car, cause she doesn't drive it that much. So gas doesn't cost her that much. Maintenance doesn't cost her that much. She already paid for it. So that's done. So the thing that she cited was like, look, if this, if it was like a big monthly insurance bill, that would be important to me. That would make me want to give it up.
1: Hmm.
2: Or if the city were to, to charge her, for parking and like through a permit or whatever and it were enough of a cost maybe but it would be cost it would be money and that's the way that we tell people things are important in this culture
0: and if you give i mean you let you let people park a cadillac for free in the middle of greenwich village they're gonna do that somebody's gonna gonna do do that. that yep and it's almost like you can't even be judgmental of that person i feel like because they're making a choice that we as a city are almost seem like we're encouraging
2: yeah, no, she's she's being extremely
3: rational about this. I get it. And she's also observing the law. She's moving her car. So she's not doing anything. Her reason for having that car is no better or worse than the person who uses it to drive to a country home or something where they feel equally as isolated and alone and comfortable there. She's making an emotional choice just like that person is.
0: Yeah, and, and that's what came through is emotion is really the driving the driving force here.
1: When people's When people's come in and sit in here they feel good so sometimes i just like sitting in here with my friends again it's definitely zero percent about transportation
3: (laughs) yeah i I mean look aaron it was zero percent transportation for you you fell in love with this thing and you only drove it around
2: the block basically i know yeah Yeah. i
0: know zero percent transportation like 50 percent plush maroon velvet seating
2: she's incredibly self-aware about this right
0: Oh, I mean, it was, it was she she literally could be like a lieutenant colonel in the war on cars. Right. I mean, she that she, she she's
3: our woman on the inside. basically. Yeah, yeah, she
0: she totally gets it. She and she's she's like a real urbanist. She's a New York City kid. She grew up here. She cares a lot about the city um, here. She, she can explain it.
1: If I had my preferred mode of transportation, it's walking. I don't even like going places that I can't walk. I like Paris because it's a walking city. Berlin, I like to walk. I hate places that I can't walk. That's why I don't like L.A. at all. It makes me feel like the most lonely I've ever felt in my entire life. It's like a ghost place. It's spread out. It's smeared all over. And nobody's outside. And the people that are outside are... Desperately addicted to drugs and living in tents, and they're not, nobody's doing anything about it because nobody has to because everyone's in their stupid car and they don't have to take public transportation. They never have to see a human being of a different kind of social set or a different income level if they don't want to. And that's probably primarily the problem with the entire country that most people don't actually have to look at other people face to face or interact with people that are different than them in a mass transit situation. I mean, cars in general are are like personal like ruining community
3: she totally gets it yeah that's she the amazing it, thing but she gets it at a gut she's, level Yes, yeah.
1: she gets it and
2: she's doing it at the same time it's like the paradox i mean she's sitting alone in her car and and ruining community i mean you know i, I it just is so weird in a way like it's just but also emblematic of how many progressive and liberal people myself included, are hypocritical about so many things or don't like, you know, they still, like you were saying, Doug, like they just, it's like, oh, this is just my little choice this one time. And, and it's almost like we don't believe that our personal choices actually make any difference. Yeah. By the way, we're going to hear from all of our listeners in Los Angeles who are
3: oh going yeah, to stick that up the community in Los Angeles. That Ooh. was that such is, an
0: amazing New York City view of LA. Well, just that's like, like
3: everyone on the street is living in tents, tent. tent. Oh. <laughs> well, and they an have a problem there, but I'm you know, there is a strong sense of community and lots of Los Angeles. Neighborhoods. Yeah. yeah. Well,
2: and she she, want, she said she wanted to be an old timey New York character. Right. Well, that is like the, the old timey New York character vision of Los Angeles, like par excellence. Yeah. But I
3: think that's interesting because when we try to fight here to make more car free places, we often come against we come up against these people who are. Longing almost for the bad old days of New York City—the graffiti on the subways, where you could drive everywhere, where you could, you know, maybe you went to a Broadway show or for dinner in Manhattan. But when you drove back to to Park Slope, you bam—you just parked on the street, no problem. And she, like, she is a kind of symbolic version of that, although much more self-aware there's this
0: enormous progressive liberal blind spot for cars right and that this is kind of emblematic of that in a way where you know you you have these incredible fights in the most in the most liberal places in america like what what's Berkeley? Berkeley just unveiled, you know, Berkeley, California just unveiled some like massive new green parking garage. Yeah, you know, right. that was like and, last but week. But they
2: won't let you build a, a, a an apartment building that's like more than next three to a BART station. They won't let you build an apartment yeah. building. Yeah. You know,
0: yeah. in in Park Slope, the most liberal you know neighborhood in America, almost. We you know they 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 fought a bike lane for three years. You yeah. Know? It, yeah, it happens every so there's the, there is this enormous contradiction I think between. You know, our professed values, particularly about sort of environmentalism and making the city work and our cars. And I, I don't Right. I mean, yeah, oh, yeah,
3: absolutely. Well, because the cars are more than just getting from point A to point B, because the people we were fighting, you know, in, in the Prospect Park West Bike Lane fight, for example, most of them didn't really need their cars to get around. They were doing all of their grocery shopping 10 blocks away and they could easily have taken a car service or walked but they just were attached to their cars because they had had them for 20 years.
2: Yeah, again, it's, it's really, it's emotional. It's, a, it's an emotional connection, and it's a thing about identity and, and some kind of dream of agency, I think.
0: Well, and, and for Alex, I mean, it's, it's, she's really explicit about it, that, you know, the Cadillac almost isn't even a car to her. You know, the Cadillac is just something else entirely.
1: Having a car in the city is the same as, like, having a cup of coffee at a diner and staring at the window. Having this kind of car in the city. Like, if I, if someone was like, hey, do you want a Kia? You could have a Kia. I would be like, no, I don't want a fucking <laughs> car in the city. Like, why would I want that? Just to have a car? I don't need that.
0: So I'm probably not going to convince you to quit your car because it's like, it's almost like an aesthetic thing for you. It's not
1: hundred percent and aesthetic thing. like it's not it's not a necessity at all um i would totally promise not to drive it like when not necessary i don't want to put gas into the atmosphere i just want to sit in it I, so i
3: think what we need to, <laughs> to solve this i think we got a solution to this problem okay so i'm gonna launch a service called just car I'm to <laughs> yeah. all right. So I'm going to put, I'm going to build car shaped objects. Okay. They're soundproof. They're going to have really comfortable interiors. They'll yeah, have yeah. like a tape deck. Um, you can maybe order one up by era. You know, you right, love the 1950s. Right. You can get one of those. You love the 1960s. Right. You love the future. I'll have uh, like a fake flying car that we can park on the street. Mm-hmm. And you can just sit in it. And for the cost of what you would pay in insurance and a little bit of gas, that goes to me. So, oh, yeah, nice. venture capitalists, if you're listening, that's right. I'm, I'm and, valued at yeah, it. a sort billion like, it's dollars. Like an Airbnb. Fund this man. No, it's, that's what she needs. She needs Airbnb for an isolation chamber that she can sit in, just outside on the street.
2: That has, but it has to have style. Right. It has to. It has it's to like make a those, style statement. It's
3: like one of those Japanese pod nap hotels, but just on the street for her, and
0: it yeah. has to have
2: a certain look. Okay, I, I I'd i be could willing to set aside
0: this. a chunk of uh, Central Park for that. Even uh, know, could, that... could we
2: maybe <laughs> pick something else besides Central Park? Yeah,
0: okay. maybe. Yeah, maybe it's like a parking garage somewhere in Midtown. You know, yeah, you or take... like
2: some dead space near the Hudson, the, the, yeah. like th- near the Holland Tunnel or yeah. something. You but know? I think what's interesting is that
3: they don't want that, right? They don't want to be isolated away. It's like. In a city, you can be isolated even when you're surrounded by lots and lots of other people. Yeah, And so I would imagine that it's not only just about the car, it's about where she parks it. And like,
2: it's sort of like having headphones on, right? It, like, you know, that you're listening to your own soundtrack. You're surrounded. While, yeah,
3: yeah. Aaron, was there anything, like, it's because this is an aesthetic choice, like a costume for her, was there any anything that would have caused her to give it up?
0: Well, all right. So did you listen to the last, very last piece of it?
3: No, I did not. No, I've okay, not. I oh, that's funny because you so, literally yeah, just like you yeah. just
0: gave her conclusion, which might be a better way to do it. We just okay. end with you. Yeah,
3: yeah. No, I've I've not listened to the. Oh, end that's of this really yeah. Really f- no, Doug, that's, that's really very.
0: I didn't listen to the end. I, started, so I started. That listening. is really weird. I
3: started listening. <laughs> I got distracted at work. I had to move on. I never came back to it before we recorded this. So podcast. you
0: basically just revealed. Wow. Her well, you you
2: cha- you're channeling
1: her. I think what you should do is allow a park or a place like a big park or something. For shell maybe Governor's Island for the shells of cars like this that are like maintained and weather stripped and all this stuff. They don't even they only have to run in so much as like the heat could come in. So people could come and sit in them. I would go to Governor's Island. If that if the vision was true, I would then travel to a park or a place where I could come and sit in cars like this. To just sit and read.
0: That's so brilliant. That's like it's like literally a car park.
1: It would be a car park, (laughs) yeah, but with cars with plush interiors that are nice to sit in. But then you know, someone would inevitably pee in it. People are kind of (laughs) horrible. This is amazing, New Yorker. This is amazing in in this vision, (laughs) as long as we make a design for a car park.
0: I like that I like that we found a way to come together on this on the on the war on cars.
1: You just have to make sure that everybody else you convince also similarly could care less about actually driving their car.
0: <laughs> I feel like you're a super unique case.
1: <laughs> maybe. maybe that that's amazing, <laughs> right Like she's basically
3: talking about, What's the opposite of an amusement park? Like <laughs> yeah. she's saying, like a place where you can just sit in the shell of a car. A b amusement
2: park. Yeah, yeah
3: I'm, I'm bemused here. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, that's
3: amazing. Yeah. So she really does want an Airbnb for, but for cars.
2: Yeah. She right. She doesn't yeah. really
0: want to drive it around that much. Yeah. You know, it's it's not that important to her.
2: Yeah. I love, I love the thing if she says, if if the vision was, was true, you know, and, but then she also says, you know, but people are kind of horrible. Immediately she, she goes to the thing of that people would mess this up because, you know, that, that is the tragedy of the commons, right? Like, you know, then we'd have these shared cars, but somebody would have to pee in it or throw up or have sex and leave their condom there or.
0: You should make your venture capital pitch now.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, but, you
3: know, if anyone's willing to fund this, I can be reached. You can find me very easily online. Contact me. Uh, I think we're valued at Car about. Car Yeah, Car B&B. We're valued all right mm-hmm. at $1 billion. So, I uh, mean, please, it's a brilliant like night. You professors. just get like
0: a couple floors of some like defunct parking garage in Manhattan where, where it's empty. You get a bunch of different kinds of cars, right? Yeah. And you just, you just, you rent them out. You rent out the, the you cars. You could
3: even set up video screens around the outside to pipe in like street scenes. Like you want to be in the village? Great, oh, we yeah, got the village. Like, green you wanna screened. be like in yeah. the middle of Central Park? Great, we got that. Like you could really do this. This uh, I'm trademarking this, right? I know. Now, by okay. the way, I'm gonna I'm put gonna put going down to the down. patent yeah. office <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Guys, sorry I'm retiring from the podcast. <laughs> I'm I'm now a trillionaire. <laughs> okay.
1: wow, congratulations.
0: Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, so that's it for this episode. Thanks for joining us and listening. Very special thanks to Alex Brooke Lynn for letting me park with her in her Cadillac DeVille. That was fantastic, really and, appreciate it.
3: And thank you to all of you. If you have questions or comments, if you wanna be a part of Quit Your Car, send us an email at thewaroncars at gmail.com. Don't forget to support us on Patreon. Go to thewaroncars.org. Click on Donate. Thanks again to the Law Office of Vicaro and White for sponsoring us as well.
2: Also, head on over to Apple Podcasts where you can rate and review us because that will really help people find us and and hopefully gain us a few more foot soldiers in the War on Cars. We're going to need them. Uh, This episode was recorded by Peter Carl. Our producer is Curtis Fox. The music is by Nathaniel Goodyear, and Danny Finkel of Crucial D did our logo. I'm Sarah Goodyear. I'm Doug Gordon.
0: Aaron Napperstack. Thanks for listening.